Now it's recording. Awesome. Cool. So we can just do it this way. All right. Should I start us off? Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Why not? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Because 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. <laughs> no. I'm tired, dude. I'm sorry. Are you? <laughs> I'm on a mic. Uh, fuck. Tired. Sorry, I got up at five today. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're tired. I, I drove in from Ottawa. So I'm whiskey. <laughs> and I'm rocks. <laughs> That's good. Um, are you, uh, are you like, are you back in, in Kingston area again? No, I was in Kingston this morning. Oh, and you drove out to Ottawa. Holy crap. I had so five you drove meetings. out to Ottawa this morning. You went through a whole bunch of different meetings and then, yikes. Yeah, I do not I had envy five you. Five meetings today, four telecons. Yeah, my first telecon was at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> so, we well, work nationally. awful. We work nationally. So, I hope you're... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when you work nationally, the, the times kind of, you got to flex times on both ends, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so I I hope you're drinking something to kind of <laughs> kind of ease the pain. Well, when <laughs> Not I that you, you should use alcohol as a coping mechanism. I don't, I don't condone that, but <laughs> if it when helps, I it helps. You, I was uh, on my way to Starbucks to at least perk myself up a little bit before I called you. Well, aren't you fancy? So the boat, I would say, so I'm starting to make my way and I'm starting to move up here uh, into uh, the Pembroke area. And uh, it's funny, I was uh, going for a bike ride around this kind of like running trail that winds around uh, the area that I'm in. And and I'm riding my bike along this trail and all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Like I got my, I probably shouldn't have had my earphones in or anything like that, but I was listening to podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And, and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I spot this goddamn black bear just like running beside me. It was fucking crazy. Winnie the goddamn poo is like trying to race me down this bike path that I'm going on. And I I was like, I almost fell off my bike. I was so like. I was startled pretty hard. I was just like, ah, like, <laughs> and then I, the adrenaline started kicking in and then <laughs> survival instincts. And I just like booked it as hard as I could, but I had to have been going like, I don't know, 20 kilometers an hour on that bike. And that bear was having no problem keeping up. No. I was just like, Oh fuck me. I'm dead. <laughs> like, <lunch. laughs> yeah. He, he seemed like he, he didn't seem like a fully grown. He seemed like not necessarily a cub either, maybe an adolescent. But mm-hmm. uh, he was he was going at a really good clip, like right next, like you know, a foot away from my bike. And I'm just like, oh god, this is it. This is how I go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a pile of bloody rags. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was crazy. It was nuts. It was the like my first real like I've seen bears on the roads and stuff before driving on some of the highways in you know backwoods of Ontario and and uh, and I've even seen a couple going when I was driving out in Manitoba. Um, 
I guess, yeah, they have black bears. They get more brown bears and stuff at, at the further west you go, I guess, eh? Uh, both. And a little bit of both. Yeah. The biggest uh, black bear ever recorded was killed in Alberta. It was seven feet long. Oh, Jesus. This one wasn't quite that big, but man, I was, uh, I was a little, I was a little scared. <laughs> anyway, so it's funny. I was, I don't know where I was going with this, but it's, it's just weird that, uh, yeah, I've, uh, like I've never seen one up that close. And this is like, this is a real, this is a true wild animal. It's not like, you know, you go to a zoo and you see these kind of like half domesticated things that they put in the zoos or anything. This thing is just like. Oh, I'm just out here looking for berries and oh, bugs. And have you Oh, been look at you. You look tasty. So anyway, I was going to use that as kind of like an intro to our topic there for this week of uh, me first. <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> Rocks or the bear? <laughs> well, you can start with bear theory. <laughs> bear theory. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like it. Um, but I figured, you know, we could, uh, we could chat a little bit about... Uh, this topic of uh, me first. Where did I? I wrote it down here somewhere. Hang on, because we talked about it on a previous episode. Um, we got two in the pipe right now about uh, about the uh, Canadian space program that we did with Dr. Green. <clears throat> but I figured we'd do a little bit because uh, we talked a little bit about um, uh, me first. I don't know if you wanna you wanna explain a little bit a little bit about it before we go into it. Um, I think for this one, I think you should do 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 the the peeve, and I will do the moderate. Oh yeah. I think you I think I got so. Re- okay. I got some rebuts for you that might help you out for to give a. Oh okay, that's good. Yeah, dynamic. Well, I wrote down about. Okay. Well, I wrote down about ten or so. Um, I figured that can carry us at least a few minutes. There's a couple ones. Um, I also put out like kind of a challenge on our Facebook page to any of our listeners. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw one, one contributor, it was one more than I was expecting. (laughs) I was, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I'll go through a couple of these. So I guess me first is more geared towards, uh, traditionally and what I've kind of done through some of the if you want to call it research what i do research um a lot of me first centers around uh people are just trying to take care of their well-being they're trying to like take care of their health all that kind of stuff but in this situation i thought we would kind of turn it on its head about people who only think about themselves uh people who you know don't aren't very considerate of others a lot of the examples that uh, I use are I find I find cars to be uh, the biggest example or biggest pool where examples come from, which is interesting. But uh, where did I leave it? Hang on. This thing is so bloody slow. Sorry about this, dude. No, there's a bunch of updates that came through the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so some of the ones that I wrote down, uh, uh, just like as an example, like uh, I think I put it up on our Facebook post there, cars that pass you in the passing lane only to swerve onto the off ramp. So like they basically, they're they're trying to pass, they, they, they intend to get off the highway and then they swerve it in front of you in the passing lane, 
like speed like crazy and then cut right across into the off ramp. She's like, what kind of an asshole are you? That one bothered me. That was a, that, I thought that was a decent example. Uh, what was another one? Tailgaters. A lot of car examples. Cause I find, I don't know what it is about people in cars, but it's like when you're in a car, you, uh, how do I explain this? And you see other cars on the road, you don't see them as other people. You just see them as other machines that you have to maneuver around, like pylons or something that you have to try and maneuver around. And I think a lot of people treat highways like that. They think it's a fucking video game, like, and they're in control of all the variables. Yeah. Uh, they think by tailgating, they're somehow signaling that you should pull over. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. And... That said, I mean, you also got to be cognizant of people who just coast in the passing lane and they're not there passing anybody. That drives me insane. <clears throat> That's kind I, of like... And I agree. I mean, they're, 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 you need to maintain your spacing because if something happens, you're now uh, compounding a problem. Yeah. Well, you, you have no idea. Like, that, you're, in, you're expecting that. That's the thing. I think people think that they're in control of all the variables when they're not. The only thing you can control, technically, is the steering wheel, the gas, and the brake. Everything else is way out of your control. Yeah, momentum, it's up to 90 meters to stop. You know, it's not a, a trivial amount. Yeah. And I'll try and... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so maybe we... we those are good points. Um, really, it's... I have a theme, I think, is, is mindfulness, and and you say when we go back in time, are there other examples where we were more brutal or more inconsiderate than we are now? And I would say yes. And then what, you know, what kind of things do we use to try and regulate this? And which ones were successful, which ones weren't? In, in many ways, I find religion a, a nice way to regulate uh, behavior and basically the internal self it religion did a lot of bad things listen some when you have control you know absolute power corrupts absolutely right um take the dark age as an example of bad applications of of uh, religion but yeah you think about uh buddhism and and the art of mindfulness and understanding that the, every living thing thing has an impact on everything around it, perceived, unperceived, and maybe no matter how small. You, know, you think the honeybee only ever makes like a third of an ounce of honey uh, before it dies. Uh, so you, and then I go and make 21 kilograms to make mead. Um, mm -hmm. So like understanding that you know that was a massive undertaking for those bees. Uh, well, you think of a, I think technology, like, I, I, I think I agree with you. And I think I, I'll try and, I'll try and kind of help it with your point too. Like, you know, it's easy to hate on things like religion, but like they provide a certain amount of structure in some people's lives and that's kind of good. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be religion. It can be anything like, you know, I, you know what I find hilarious and kind of ironic is uh, you see all these people who are getting into uh, into fitness uh, in an almost like a religious manner, right? Um, and it's creating a discipline in their lives, and I think that's good. 
but it's funny how I think it's ironic because um, there's like, especially in Kingston, there's that one abandoned, not abandoned, but there's that one church that's been kind of refurbished to uh, be a CrossFit gym. You ever pass that one? Yeah, on Queen Street. Yeah. I think that's hilarious because like it's almost like you're exchanging one, you know, you could call it a superordinate principle or something like exchanging one for another. Um, whereas, you know, you may have had religion. Now you've got fitness and it's like the guiding thing that's dictating almost everything that you do. Did you just but when you talk about superordinate principle? You know, that's a complex math thing, right? I, I I only know it because I'm a parrot for other people's uh, language. <laughs> uh, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> so no, like I agree. Um, but I think uh, when you talk about fitness, for example, uh, I think there's some people who take it a bit the wrong way. You know, fitness is is about self, but it's also your projection on the world. Um, so yep. the guys that don't rack their weights, for example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't write that one down. That's a good one. I mean, that, that, you know, when you're creating tripping hazards for everyone else, so you're negatively impacting other people's health, health, uh, or increasing the risk and likelihood of injury because you're too lazy to lift it. Yeah. And my usual thing is when I'm at the gym and I see that I'm saying you're weak. And they're like, what do you mean I'm weak? I said, can't, you can't even put your weights away? So I, I don't think you can lift any of that crap. With yeah. So and yeah. I just start picking on them until he gets the frick, they get the freaking message. I say he a lot, but it applies to women too. Yeah, it's true. I find that too interesting. I don't know if it's supposed to, if this is supposed to be the case, but when I, you know, when I've gone to the gym and I've seen some of these guys, like they, uh, they'll, they'll, take these 45 pound uh 45 pound bars with all the weights stacked on them and then they'll throw them on the floor i'm just like aren't you just damaging equipment or damaging the floor around you and just like what is the purpose of that i'd find it more impressive if you know you lifted that whole thing you know you've got your power that you're trying to exercise but the negative um you know the negative release of trying to get rid of putting that weight down under under positive control I find it's half, yeah, it's half the rep. Yeah, it's right a hell of a, and and you know you find guys who are like guys and girls who worked on farms. You know they got all those uh, fine twitch muscles. Like they're just so much more developed because they've been they've been lifting heavy shit, but also they're able to put it down under a controlled manner as well. Like that their their whole body strength is so much more impressive than any of these guys who are just like picking up heavy shit in in a gym and then throwing it on the ground and grunting and growling crazily like i, I don't understand that either there's just, there's there but that was a good good example i find that's that's a good one well the second pet peeve about the gym is the guy making the, the constipation noises <laughs> while he's trying to lift the lift the weight it's sort of it's sort of off-putting when you're trying to work out in a bathroom <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, man. 
Well, you um, can't focus on what you're doing because you just want to rip out a big laughter at this guy. Yeah. Oh, it's, and the problem is, is you get somebody like that and they can actually be dangerous too because you get somebody who doesn't necessarily don't know what they're doing. And I'll use myself as an example. Like, I, you know, you get somebody who they, they get like this competitive edge and they start competing with that asshole they don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing and then i've i've thrown my back out um you know falling for that trap it's not good you know it's totally not i'm totally not and it's not healthy not healthy at all no i think if if you want to take out your aggression go play sports or something like that go beat somebody else up on the ice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's another me first people who play sports and take it too seriously like when you're playing in a shinny league and guys like they just it's especially in and guys and they just like take out their life problems i've seen it it's funny my wife plays hockey as well and i've seen it um i've seen it on some of the teams that she's played as well like i don't know people just take their they take their aggression out on the ice and like they all their life's problems and they use it to just like club somebody in the head with a stick or some stupid shit like that. It's nuts. Yeah, and anywhere else is called assault. It shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be. It should be you charged know, with an assault. It should be, and this should be. It happen. It should happen all the time. It, it isn't because you think because uh, you're in the plastic dome that it's you know it's teeth knockout time. It's this is not you know. Snake is in East LA type of shit. Yeah, uh, you need to, you know, have some sort of decorum. And there's something called sportsmanlike uh, qualities. Um, yeah, sure, there are movies that like Slapshot, Slapshot Two, Goonies. Yeah, you, they're funny, um, but they they're actually making fun of the people that are doing that. Sorry, did you just say Goonies or the Goon? The Goon. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goonies is another one of my favorites, but it's about something totally different. <laughs> yeah. That's so, but, but but we're actually they're actually making fun of that lifestyle of going back and beating the crap out of people for no particular reason. Oh, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it. Like, if you got that many problems, go talk to somebody. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. But well, there's the sports, a, sports by themselves have enough risk. You don't need to make everything else more risk because you can't contain your own your own uh, rage because you're too weak. And I, I get it, too. Like, you know, in some cases I sympathize, and I'm guilty of it myself, like where I get too into the game and I get a little too competitive and I start shouting a little too much and I need to I need to curb that. And I'm I've become more aware and cognizant of it um and i'm just like people don't like that and they don't like playing with you when you're like that so you know tone it back just play the game and that's really it you're just there to play a game enjoy yourself get some physical fitness in and and uh burn off some steam and in the right way and you know you're there you're basically playing in a beer league with other guys who just you know they just want to enjoy themselves and go and burn off some steam the right way yeah, and you hit him. You, you know what? You hit him with a stick, okay? And part of being mindful is understanding what is the impact of hitting a guy with a stick on purpose. I mean, we can separate assault out of this, uh, but look at the effect on that guy. 
that guy can't go to work tomorrow and now he has to pay for physiotherapy or you ended his hockey hockey career yeah. or hockey anything um you know you now he's got concussions or ctes or something or or a broken spine or broken leg you're now impacting his kids and his wife and the standard of living mm-hmm. and who are you to decide that for him yep but anyway but of course, uh, but we go back to mindfulness i mean we, we can talk about you know it's just cutting in line in general or not holding the door for someone who has their hands full I was just gonna. I was just gonna bring that one up. People who don't hold open doors, like I don't know, um, how self-absorbed are you that you can't be aware of your, you know, you don't have any situational awareness of your environment, and therefore, you know, like I don't know. I, I'm always looking around, and I'm always, you know, if I'm going into a door or entryway or anything like that, I'm always looking around for the, you know, if somebody's coming up. And, uh, and I don't mind holding the door open for one, two, or five people, you know, just to make sure that they get in. I don't know what it is. It's same, like, it's, it's mindfulness. And it's also, there's, there's a little bit of uh, lacking of anticipation. And I think that comes back to driving too. Like when people look only at the car in front of them instead of, you know, five car lengths down or, you know, one, you know, or 500 meters down the road or, you know, a kilometer to the next hill or something like that, seeing what's coming up. And then all of a sudden you're slamming on the brakes because there's a traffic jam that you didn't anticipate, you know, well, you could have, you, you could have actually prevented, you know, getting into a fender bender if you had just anticipated what was actually going on. The irony of the situation is the guys that are speeding up to those stop points are the ones causing the ripple effect. So what happens if there's a, a small slowdown, Okay, um, and then there's another, there's a small slowdown in a pipe. You p- picture traffic moving along. Yeah. The guy's speeding up qu- without actually slowing down to the to the, to that bottleneck or whatever that little lump of traffic going through. Actually, then have to slam on the brakes. Everybody behind them has to slam on the brakes too, and so forth. It's those people that are speeding actually causing the cascading effect of traffic. And if you actually want to just, you know, me first your way through that anyway, like the amount of damage that you're doing to your brakes by slamming on them like that is also horrible. So it's actually better if you brake early because you do less damage to your own vehicle. I mean, if you want to play the selfish game, play it in a way that's, you know, not harmful to your own property. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, um, and, and it's smart too. So every time a car passes you, you both incur risk. Small risk, we incur it. But the thing is, the risk adds up because they're just every time a car passes you, you incur risk. How do you mean? Both do. So the person passing and the person in the middle. So what happens is every time that the person that's zooming through all the different cars, okay. He's incurring risk and it keeps adding up. And there's right. one point in, in a long period where you've incurred enough risk that there's something bound to happen. Hmm. You think it builds up? That's not like it's discrete events. So if I flip a coin, it's probably equal every time, right? Right. But let's say I'm heads is going to be accident. 
So I'm going to flip a coin. At one point, it's going to happen. Now, if I instead of 50-50, I make it one out of 10. But it doesn't build up like a static charge. I if no 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 no. Getting it's, what you're saying, it's not like the risk increases the 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 longer you drive without incident. Yeah, it's not risk, like that. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's a it's a different way of looking at statistics. I see. So so let's say every car you pass, it's one in ten chance of a bad thing happening. Okay. Okay. So the the problem is is that so every so it, there's no guarantee that if you pass ten cars, you in in a weird erratic manner that you're going to get an accident. But the odds are still there. So the, there's no guarantee that you won't get in an accident either. Yeah. So the, the odds. So there's a point though. I'm not, I'm not sure the statistic is. Um, but there's a point though. If I pass twenty cars. They're probably having one accident is high. Now you know. Oh, okay, you're I, you you're making a your statistical argument. So what happens if you get into one accident? Your insurance premium goes up because they know the how you drive. The probability of an accident is higher. You think they're going to incorporate that into insurance premiums as uh, cars are able to provide that kind of data? They already do. They already do. Yeah. So that you have intelligence queue. You have in driving monitoring apps you can download. Uh, for example, the personal is one of them. You download the app and then it tracks your driving patterns. And then they'll give you a discount on your insurance based on your driving patterns. Really? Yeah. So if you excess speed gets flagged, hard braking gets flagged, jerky motion gets flagged. Um, so they, why would you ever get that app? <laughs> because they give you a 25% discount on your insurance. Holy shit! So, but that's it, so arbitrary. That no, sounds so arbitrary. They get to decide what the what constitutes safe driving. Yeah, but insurance is about risk. Yes. So I'm put, floating a. It's bond. also about making money, and I know. So. Chris Rock does a great show, great joke about. Uh, he did a great joke about insurance. It's like they should just call it in case shit happens. Now, if shit don't happen, shouldn't I get my money back? Uh, but you're part of, you're, yeah, but you're part of a pool of people. Yes, I know. And, and it, it, in some ways, is a form of gambling, which is hilarious. Um, you have to be injured in order to win. Yeah, but you, <laughs> but but the the concept here is, um, is you let's say you finance your car or you get mortgage, get uh, mortgage, uh, mortgage insurance, right? Mm -hmm. You buy a car, you get car insurance um, because the bank doesn't want to lose money on it, uh, loaning you stuff that's going to get trashed. So you buy insurance to insure to make sure that if something happens, you can buy a new car and replace it and continue the financing. Because right. um, when you buy a car, uh, there's a lien on the car. And a lien is just a fancy way of it's a secured uh, type of borrowing, right. um, and you know if you, if you drive like a, a moron, and we see it all the time. Um, I mean, most of them are driving crappy cars. So why is that? Well, they don't. Their insurance is just liability. They have they get the cheapest insurance possible, and they don't care about their car. So they'll, they'll get minor dings and scratches, and they just keep going. 
Wow. Because it don't really clear it. Just, I'm just seeing the the link that you sent me. Man blows sphincter deadlift. <laughs> That's horrible. Horrible weightlifting accidents. Let's not get into that. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, it's funny you mentioned insurance and accidents and stuff. Uh, my brother uh, just actually, he got into an accident uh, not long ago. And uh, he uh, apparently, his he was traveling along a uh, kind of a, a cottage road or whatever. And uh, it was very early in the morning, I want to say. It might have been late at night. I can't. It was, it was, it looked like dusk based on, based on dusk or twilight based on the uh, photos that he sent. But, uh, I guess oncoming vehicle was driving in the middle of the road instead of on the right side of the road. And he had to swerve and I guess his tires were pretty bald and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't regain control of the vehicle. And then he ended up cartwheeling the vehicle and landed in the ditch. And I, you know, I've thought it's like, well, thank God he's okay. You know, cars, obviously, I, I, my, my assumption is the car is a write-off. But I'm then I'm starting to think, it's like, wait a minute. How fast do you have to be going in order to cartwheel along, like, basically a dirt road? So I'm, I'm starting to wonder, it's like, you know, is he was he also driving a little bit too crazy, a little too reckless? I mean, he's, he's a young guy. It just... I don't know. Something wasn't adding up after the fact. I hate to put him on the spot if he's listening to this. But I mean, gravel is notoriously not uh, conducive to high speeds. Yeah. I mean, look look at uh, the Dukes of Hazard. Especially on bald tires. Yeah, Dukes of Hazard. Look at the car, the way the car was designed. And you yeah. watch these shows, and you're like, I want to be that. I mean, they went through uh, like 2,000 cars over the life of that of that show. <laughs> Almost just, per, per season. <laughs> you, you, like you, you, you got to understand the massive amount of money they went to make sure that show happened. And you're you, you're not gonna get two thousand cars in your life, <laughs> okay? And yeah. they were done in controlled settings. So I mean, you idolize Tokyo Drift and you idolize these different uh, movies, but like, what are you idolizing? They're uh, also professional drivers. Yes, and the scenes were planned with safety plans and see, like. Oh yeah, there was a and lot more intelligences and, and helmets and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and that were edited out. I mean, the car when they're doing the scenes inside the car, uh, they're not driving it. Yeah, usually <laughs> there's a guy in behind the driver's seat driving, and he's got like a steering wheel and a, and gas and brake pedal in the in the back seat. They've kind of they got it that way. It's kind of well, neat. Or, or they're just, it's just added in. Like, it's just CGI superimposed on the windows. That too, yeah. Because if you look at the old school movies, uh, the car didn't go anywhere. That yeah, was it was sitting on a track and they had a little... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they had that little wallpaper scrolling by. <laughs> yeah. No, it was funny. Um, here's another one about cars. People who would rather block the intersection, like a congested intersection during like rush hour, that kind of thing. So people who would rather block the intersection during a red light so that the adjacent side can't go on their green light. That is insane. You know what's funny? And they do it right in front of a sign that says do not block intersection. Yes. (laughs) 
like in Kingston. Yeah, you know it happens funny? all the time. Downtown Ottawa has less of a problem than Kingston. Is it because the intersections are wider in Ottawa? It's like a, it's it's a bigger, it's a obviously it's a bigger city, but it's a more major city in terms of like you look at major intersections, they're not, they're they're pretty big. Whereas Kingston, it's still got that European feel. Oh, downtown Ottawa still has a European feel, but they don't, they know they're not going to lock the intersection. And they look about 15 times before you cross because if you're not careful, you're going to take it to a cyclist. Hmm. Interesting. Because cyclists have their own, um, their own traffic lights too. And cyclists are also all about me first. <laughs> Oh, uh, but I think I think cycle cyclist is an evolving thing. It is. It is. It's. I'm one of them, right? Like like I was talking earlier about my uh, my little adventure with the bear with Winnie the Pooh earlier. Um, like no, I I totally get it, and I always try and I try and give them the right. Like there's that one bridge uh, that goes into downtown uh, in Kingston. Uh, well, it is the one bridge. It's the only. Uh, it's well of the two crossing points, one being the 401, the other one being this causeway in Kingston. Um, you often get cyclists that go across it, and it, it's actually law by law. You have to let the the cyclists merge into main traffic, so you can't have the, you can't pass them on this causeway. They have to they have to cycle across on their own, uh, and then you've got to ride in behind them. But some people. Man, there was a bad accident uh, a couple, like a month or month and a bit ago. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both saw it. I, I drove past it as, uh, like, as emergency services were coming up and everything, and they're trying to uh, direct traffic. But this guy's face was bloody. It was pretty bad, and oh, I, I think it might have been a hit and run. Some fucking asshole pickup truck. Um, just well, they're uh, not getting away. That bridge has got like seventeen cameras on it. Nice, nice. That's good. Um, but yeah, just like the Kingston Bridge, uh, it's, it's, if anybody's ever seen it, um, Kingston is an interesting town. They have two bridges that go over the Grand Cataraca River. One's owned yeah. by the province, one's owned by the federal government. But because the, 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 the one that's closest to downtown is so old, uh, the provincial government didn't want to touch it. So, And if they touch it, uh, if there's a transfer of the bridge to the... Uh, provincial go- uh, uh, to the municipal government, so bridges aren't cheap. Um, yeah. So now they're talking anyways, about bridge, they're, they're talking about a, building a third crossing and everything there yeah, as well. Stop for a second. Yeah. Um, but this bridge is a great. It's like an old style graded bridge. It's got these steel squares, and uh, that you're tight when you go over. And if you're not if you don't have a mountain bike, it's slippery. So mm-hmm. if you have semi slicks or slicks on or road tires. That bridge is slippery, and steel grate plus 20 kilometers an hour as you're biking down makes the worst road rash, like feature ripping off road rash. <laughs> oh, just think of getting your ear stuck in one of those pieces while you're slotting across it. Oh, Ugh. that's so. terrible. <laughs> I wonder if that's what happened to the guy. I don't know. But uh, road rash anywhere is, is not fun. But the steel no, grate, it's like a cheese shredder. Yeah, this guy's uh, this guy's face was pretty mangled. It was pretty like it was a bloody all over the place. They're trying to deal with it, and he's just sitting off to the side. It's just like Ugh. that guy's having a bad day. Felt bad for him. Oh. If you're listening, poor cyclist. Yeah, sorry, man. That sucks. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't get it. It's it, that whole thing about people blocking intersections too. Like people, it's, it just goes in, it's another, you know, goes along with my point earlier about you can't, people don't anticipate. They're just like, I don't know, you're behind the wheel of this fucking machine and, and it, it's literally, it's, it's a weaponizable um, metal or plastic thing, depending on how you look at it, that could kill people very easily. I mean, you've seen all these things that have been happening with these vans running into people and all that kind of stuff. But like you, you drive one of those things mm-hmm. and, uh, and if you're turning your brain off and just like, I'm just going to follow the car in front of me, like you're dangerous. You are dangerous. Like, yeah. I don't get it. I do not understand how you cannot have just even just turn up 5%, some anticipation. It's like, okay, well, I can see the lights going yellow, coming the opposite direction. It's probably going to go yellow. I'm going to just stop early so that way I don't block the intersection. This is all it takes. You're not getting home any faster by parking in the middle of the fucking intersection. No. Anyway. No, but I mean, it, I mean, it, like uh, when we talk about Buddhas, we talk about Christianity. I mean, treat others as you would be treated. Treat your Ooh, neighbor as yourself. The golden rule. Um, and and you, you think about it. Is it when I was younger, it would be like, I'm going to go home. My uncle, who's a bus driver and still is, um, he's been a bus driver for almost 40 years, 50 years. Um, but uh, he he said, were you going to go five kilometers more than 10 kilometers more than your parents? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get there faster. He goes, yeah, between our small town where we are and your home, that we equates to like 10 minutes. Yeah. So sit down, shut up, and enjoy the enjoy the company. <laughs> and it's not, yeah, like I think I want to say uh, the Germans did a study on this on the Audubon, and the Audubon, as most people know, has no speed limits on it, right? But the thing is, is that there's enough traffic on there that even if there, like, even though there are no speed limits, um, there's no reason for people to speed because you're not going to be able to go fast enough to be able to go that you know you'll you'll go like you'll probably go like a buck 50 for like five seconds before you come across somebody and like could hit them dangerously um who's going and merging into the passing lane right so and they actually it's funny because they it seems like they have a lot more respect for that kind of rule of the passing lane in a two lane or a four lane highway let's uh, shall i say but it's funny um talking about like two lane highways i kind of wrote that one down here people who pass you on two lane highways so you know one way going one lane going one direction the other lane going the opposite direction and then uh like you like people who pass you going on those things and then all of a sudden you come to the same location or same destination at the same time it's just like yeah like it's called it's called the next red light yeah (laughs) what was the point what was the point and no, but and on top of that, so look at what I said earlier. So yeah. you, you did all that maneuvering, incurred risk just to end up in the same spot. Then you yeah. guys, then you repeat the same problem over again at the next red light. Yeah, those hash marks. Okay, so when you have a stretch of highway, um, say in the back countries on like Highway 7 or Highway 41 or any of those places, 
when you have a, a like a straightaway where it's like those hash marks instead of just straight lines that you're not supposed to cross, those are designed for like when you're passing tractor trailers and like you know Mennonite types who are gentle who are like what's that gentle <laughs> I know I know who are they're going like ten kilometers an hour that's what that's designed for it's actually not designed for you to pass somebody who's doing 90 and you got to do a a buck 20 in order to pass them. Like that's, it's absurd. Yeah. And no, the the dotted lines also tell you, estimate when you're going to have the better field of view to pass. Yes. Um, um, like people who are going 120 kilometers an hour in an 80 zone, like down highway two, you guys are freaking stupid. There are people walking. There are people riding their bikes yeah. on the shoulder, and you're going 120, 130. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. You're gonna kill people, yeah. And just so you so you can get to Gananoque. It's Gananoque. It's been that way for 100 years. You're not gonna be that late. And you're only ruining the roads, so you're actually causing more damage to the roads by doing that, which means it's gonna come out of your taxes. So you're actually, and people complain, oh, taxes are too high. Well, you're fucking contributing to the problem, you asshole. <laughs> like. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, but just uh, be. Mindful. I think traffic is tra- traffic is a bad topic because it's just gonna get everyone fired up. <laughs> well, just think about it. So the difference. Between, so if you're going 120 kilometers an hour, you're basically going a kilometer a minute. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad, guys. It's not that. Bad. It is fast enough. Kilometer a minute. Try running a kilometer, and then you guys can tell me if it's fast enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So, it's uh, it's 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 pretty fast. Like uh, if I can run six, you know, uh, if I can run a kilometer in six minutes, which I mean I'm I'm not a fit guy, <laughs> but but I can do a kilometer in six minutes. I've been I've been able to get out and do some pt lately which was it's been nice for the last couple of weeks but if i can do that in six minutes and your car only needs to do it and you know if you want to get your car to do that in one minute and you're on that kind of a highway man yeah no i i get what you're saying it's silly that's it's interesting you put it in that kind of perspective though i i think we should probably move off of the topic of uh cars though and highways because uh i think it's just gonna drive us crazy and our listeners are probably gonna turn off no i just gotta do a correction though it's you do a two kilometers per minute if you go 120 so okay okay that makes more sense that makes more sense you know i don't math (laughs) i'm i'm counting on you here whiskey (laughs) oh i just don't i'm like no i I usually usually divide by two (laughs) yeah so if you have 35 kilometers to go, you divide by two, you'll be there in 17 and a half minutes. Yeah. So that's not long. And really, Montreal, if you get to Montreal from uh, from Toronto, what, five hours, four hours? It's it's not that much. It, it, it's a long trek. People, we spend days doing it. And you want to do take, it. And you're spending hours. more gas the fat, like the faster you travel, too. And that's not 100% true. No, I think it is. It depends on your car. Like it depends on the RPMs and it depends on your car, right? Yeah. So the, the now you're going to the technical stuff, but uh, so if your transmit, 
when you hit the higher speeds, your engine's turning the same rate as your tires, and you're going to see some economies. And if that momentum is good enough, it'll actually, the, the wheels will turn faster than the motor, just like pedaling, right? So you go to the smallest gear, and your feet are turning slower than the, your back wheel. So it's less work on the engine? It, no, it's the same amount of work. Oh, but your wheels are turning fast. I see. But your wheels are turning faster, meaning you're going faster. The gear, yeah, the at gear the same the at the same train. amount of work required. Yeah, the transmission is designed to try and keep um, the engine load within the, the the power region of the torque curve. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. Sorry. Went told the geek on you. No, that's cool. It's, I'm I'm actually interested in that kind of stuff. I did take uh, grade eleven physics, but I didn't do very well in it. <laughs> um. What do I got here? I got a couple here. We talked about people who don't hold open doors. Hey, oh. Speaking of bugs, I got one for you. So I was listening okay. to an uh, entomologist. Um, I wasn't talking to him. I was listening to an entomologist program. He goes, Ent- entomologists, the guys who study bugs, are kind of interesting people. And since we're talking about things that bug you or bug me and people okay. are Okay. Mindful, okay. Oh, enough. <laughs> that, that's but enough. anyways... Uh, ent- entomologists, they um, they tend to discover the, 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 their love for it when they're young and before they're a teenager, but then they realize very quickly that uh, if you study bugs, it's not really conducive to having relationships with women. So they stop doing it until they're 30-something, and then they start up again. It took a scientist to figure that out, that it's not conducive to having a relationship with a woman. <laughs> but he wrote, in a, he wrote it in his books. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. Um, well, I told you about, so I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving out of the Kingston area. Uh, and, uh, I'm looking at purchasing an ho- a home and I was doing some, uh, you know, I'm doing a little bit of house hunting and, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I came upon a place. It's a really nice place in, in the area that I'm in. And, uh, it was like five bedrooms, uh, three up, two down, and like two and a half bathrooms. Beautiful place, lots of property, and uh, and you know we, you know my wife and I were already in love with the place, and I thought you know well, hell it's it was funny and it's so here's two things, I gotta I gotta kind of preface it with two things. The first thing is it's the first house we saw, and I'm no stranger to home purchasing, but I do understand somebody's just like oh, you did not do that no I, I get it that's fine I, I understand the second thing is my wife wasn't with me at the time that uh, we were talking about putting in an offer so she's letting me kind of like basically ride shotgun on this not ride shotgun she's basically letting me drive this bus and uh and uh and go through this and uh, you know from some of the people that i work with they're just like your wife let you go and and do that like what the hell man how how did you get that deal (laughs) so i understand that as well but when my wife and i so i kind of took her through a facetime of this place when we were um checking it out the first time and we were so in love with it and based off of she was able to see the pictures but i was able to show her kind of a tour of the whole place and i was pretty sold on it we ended up putting an offer in on the place and uh we found out through the inspection the home inspection that it was not as advertised it was pretty rough man 
And so I guess the point I want to bring here about me first was home sellers who lie about the condition of their homes and why they're moving. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. So when we went through the home inspection, the first thing that happened was the septic tank was such that it was full. It was full, like filled to the rim. In septic tanks, I think they're supposed to have like a fill line and they're supposed to naturally drain out as they filter, you know, shit and, and piss and all that all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the tank uh, is supposed to hold the solids and the weeping bed is to take off the moisture. Yeah, and that's where you have a septic field with, you know, weeping tile and all that kind of stuff. The problem was, was that this septic tank was filled to the rim and uh, it was an indication to the inspector that the... Uh, the septic tank wasn't draining properly. Uh, as we were kind of continuing to do our external, you know, uh, pass of the house, we noticed that they had these big, uh, big panels. Like it looked like barriers for an for a hockey rink. So we're just like, oh, I wonder if that's what they're doing. They were, they were putting a hockey rink on, in their backyard over top of their septic field, and it was because of you got water and ice you're pushing down on the earth it might have been crushing the weeping tile within the septic uh within the septic field which you're not supposed to put any weight on top of the on top of the terrain there right mm -hmm. so we're wondering if that was the case just speculation obviously there was also <clears throat> all kinds of other stuff like we started to look at the interior of the house and you know it was we were pretty happy with it. And then all of a sudden it started stinking. Like it started smelling really bad. And uh, we're just like, well, okay, they got a leak or is, is that because of the septic tank? You know, is it creeping back into the drainage or like that doesn't make sense. Or is it, I think I was talking with you offline about it. It's like, it sounds like they might've been, because it was over because it was filled to the rim it may have been overflowing and so some of that leakage had been coming back and just basically literally literally creating a moat of shit around the house around the foundation of the house and that could have been a cause for the smell but if that wasn't an indicator that they were lying to us about the condition of the house the 12 air fresheners that were plugged into every fucking outlet in their basement was <laughs> it was bad it was so bad they had like it's like at what point did you did you realize that you had a problem was it the fifth or the fact that you had to buy air fresheners in bulk to try and mask the shit smell and they said they wanted to try and buy a new build that's why they were moving or they wanted to go out and get into one of the new builds that's why they wanted to move out of this place and we're just like bullshit you did literally bullshit you <laughs> You, you you couldn't stand the smell of the place, so you decided to sell it. And they did nothing to this place. It was, ugh. it was it was an indication of everything that had could go wrong. Uh, did go wrong. Like they didn't take care of the place. It was, I was I was embarrassed for them. It was it was really unfortunate. And they were and the sad thing is, is like we we ended up walking a bit walking away from this place. Thank goodness uh, for the inspector. Um, oh, you just sent me a link. Well, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple, lots of different reasons why the septic tank can to back up. But uh, I got a story for you. If you guys want cringeworthy story, if you'd like. Sure, so, go for it. 
So when I was a teenager, my dad, uh, he, he ran construction projects and he took me up to, uh, we do industrial construction on different sawmills and we were in the Paw, Manitoba. And um, I've been to the Paw. There's lots of trees. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's saying something. Lots of trees and lots of weird people, um, but they're nice. Um, the, yeah. It was it was kind of interesting. So the it, when you work out that place, you have to add infrastructure so you can support a work crew. Right. And because it was really expensive to get the septic people in, they they decided that they were going to put in a, a large septic reservoir and then have it pumped out every once in a while. But they want they want to the toilets require gravity to feed, right? So they dug a hole and put this tank in. And they brought like a, an office trailer. Ever seen an office trailer? Uh, it's essentially just a, a like a picture like an RV with uh, you know whatever type of office furniture you want with 1980s paneling in it. So they put a bathroom right. in these things, and then just ran into the field. And you're like, I got running water in this very remote location, and I got running toilets. And you know, yeah, that's a blessing when you're in the whenever you're in the middle of nowhere. Running water and toilets. For sanitation is beautiful um but we're yeah. in a sawmill and the, the sawmill and sawmills near the deep arker is like eight ten feet full of wood chips and sawdust everywhere and so we're redoing the footing for the expansion and uh and you know you think of courtesy flushing because you don't like the smell of whatever the previous person was in there you know, because otherwise, if you don't flush, what's the point of having the nice running water, right? Yeah. Um, so one, we had went through a period where it started raining, and we got a lot of rain. It flooded all our footings and holes, and the wood chips started rising up, floating on top of all these different things. Uh. So much so you couldn't see where the holes were, but there was something else in a hole: the septic tank. Yeah. Because the septic tank wasn't filled in because we're only there temporarily. We didn't backfill, so we just dig it to dig it out again. We we just left it open. Yeah. So the water went over top of it, filled up the hole, then it filled up the septic tank, and then it too, all the insides of the septic tank started flo- flo- uh, floating as well. And it floated just like the wood chips and the wood and, and so the septic stuff and the wood chips. Because we had so much water, it started flooding the parking lot. <laughs> oh, man. So, have you ever watched That's them gross. draw dry salt out, or how they flood the fields and then <laughs> and then dry out the salt? It was pretty much the same thing, but the flies. Let me tell you something about the flies. I will never see another thing like that ever again. The flies were something else. Okay. It was like a black yes. cloud over on top of this reeking havoc. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Ugh. So what do you do? So we got, uh, you know, Vaseline and uh, sort of was Vicks on, on on the rag, and then a bobcat to go clean it all up. It was. <laughs> Ugh. I it was eye watering to say the least. No doubt. That's awful. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. The one the the example that I brought up, I thought it was more of a uh, more to do with trust. Like 
don't lie because you'll get found out eventually. I mean, it's unfortunate um, that uh, whoever goes and buys the house eventually, like they'll get found out um, what's going on. Like, and at a certain point, they they offered to fix the septic tank and they offered to fix all these problems. And I just realized, you know, like I'd be buying, I have, I can't buy your home on principle. Like, cause now I've like all the indicators put together, the fact that you bought all of the uh, air fresheners and the fact that you're now just now getting around to uh, fixing the problems that have been identified, like as if the shit smell you as if you didn't identify the problem because of the shit smell which clearly is a lie not only are you lazy but you're 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 deceiving so you i can't know, buy this thing think, off of you in principle okay so let let me put a, a, an opposing view on this one so you, you need to understand a couple of other pieces too um so people sell for all kinds of reasons one of them is maybe they got themselves in a financial situation and they couldn't afford the $350 to have their tank cleared out. But they can afford to go and buy a new build, which they claim that's why they were moving. Yeah, but you, 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 some people need to save face. There's there's pride in feelings. Remember, we talked about being mindful and understanding. There's also um, pride in home ownership. Those balances. You, you've, been, you've owned properties before. That's not always the case. Um well, it certainly wasn't with these folks. So, so the, the, and then there's the negotiation part. It's like, okay, I, I understand market value for this is houses as you've asked for it, but realize there's all these things going on and your price would be true if all these other things were, were working properly. And I didn't have to go the inconvenience of enduring your crappy maintenance. Um, so I was taught, yeah, you and I were talking about this and I was like, I was actually quite a bit on the fence because I really did love the property and I did really did want to buy it. But it was kind of interesting. You were, you, what you were, what you were, the advice that you were giving me, it's like, first of all, if they're going to fix it, tell them to fix it, but tell them, drop the price, drop the asking price by about 40 grand, be, uh, you know, be um, flexible by about 10 K and then, uh, and then you might have a deal because that's basically what it's going to cost to fix that problem. At least, at least thirty to forty grand. Yeah. Anyway, um, who? What else do I got here? Oh, I uh, put an example here that my my wife would certainly appreciate. So there's this lady at No Frills. We went uh, grocery shopping. She kind of like raced past us to cut off cut us off um she raced past us to the exit so we were at checkout checking out our groceries and everything we got the kid with us and everything and and uh you know we're we're both approaching everything at the same time kind of at the same time but we got there a little bit before and this person just like oh it's all about me like rushing right past us um to exit the store even though we you know there's no such thing as a right of way when it comes to stores or staircases or escalators, but it's almost like you got to follow, you almost follow the rules of the road, right? It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, there's almost like an unspoken rule of like, you know, who goes first and be courteous to others and that kind of stuff. And I find a lot more people, it's, it's interesting, like they're especially ignoring it on the road, but I find more and more people are ignoring it in person 
Because it's one thing to sit behind a steering wheel and just look at a car, but not actually see the other person inside the, the other vehicle across the street or, you know, next to you or in front of you or behind you. But it's another thing to actually look somebody in the eye or not even look at somebody at all and not acknowledge other people for other people and then just blow past them. And I find that fascinating. Like, well, well, I, I think not, it's pretty I'm not, common I'm not, I'm in not big cities. Saint. I'm not a saint. Um, one of my favorite things to do is as I got my cruise control and I'm passing a semi trailer, he's going, you know, 110 and I'm going 120 on on, the, on our informal highway uh, rate uh, speed. And I got my cruise control and I, I travel the road like several times a week. Um, and someone tries to blow by me at 140 on the on the in the right lane as I'm passing the guy with I speed up a little bit. <laughs> and I take delight in watching his rage. I definitely do that too. I, I, have I, I say his because when we, we think of bad people, what I've started to notice is that there's a lot of young women that do this. Um, a lot of young women that do what you do or do you know, the you know, thing where they try to try and pass on the right. And, pass in the, in the uh, cruising lane or whatever. Yeah. And okay. I, I'm, I'm more and more, I'm finding it. it it's not, we, we, we typically stereotype it. It's, it's men that's doing it. I see a lot of young women, like excessive speed. Yeah. No, I, I you know what? If we're going to play the sexist card, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> The the feminists are gonna come. The feminazis are gonna come after us now. No, that's not nice. But I mean, it, 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 I find <laughs> a lot of young women. But I don't find a lot of older women doing it. I find men. It's it's like the full gamut of ranges. But I find a younger women tend to tend, tend to be in that demographic. Hmm. Um, maybe it's because as they get older, like they're they're often the ones. And this is statistic. I'm not being gender stereotype. Are the ones looking after the kids? Oh, hang on. Oh. You okay? Having some serious issues with the phone call here. That was strange. You Hang okay? on. A lot of static. You still got static? I can't hear you at all. Do you still have static? Uh, I'm going to try and stop the call. Okay, let's uh, let's stop. We'll reconnect because the fridge kicked on. Maybe it's putting EMF. Yeah, you're talking, but it's all showing up as like bad static or whatever. I don't know what the issue is. Don't think it stopped recording from the last bit. Uh, it did because now I have the button. Now you have the button. Yeah, it shows me when you're recording. Oh, okay. Okay, so where's the, I wonder where the actual recording went, because it should have it, that's strange, I hope it saved it, oh, I'd be so disappointed, shit, hmm, Oh, there it is. I got it. Found it. Did you did you send it? No, I'm looking. Oh, just looking for it. It looks like it's unless this is the new recording. Recordings are available. Oh yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the. 
I think I have it. We should be okay. okay. Hopefully. Anyways, maybe we should just summarize and then close up. Well, we didn't get into our listener feedback. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's do listener feedback. Do you want to do listener feedback? So we only got one, and it's good because uh, I figured, you know, I figured we wouldn't get any, but we actually did get one. Um, it's funny. It comes from uh, comes from Paul Mason, and uh, Paul says, uh, "Me first. This is a little. It's a little bit of a long one, but I'll I'll see if I can do it justice." It says, uh, "Me first is what ultimately brought about the 2008 economic collapse." Me first is the contemporary of is the contemporary of look out for number one, which was often heard in the 70s and 80s, maybe even earlier. It has essentially been manifesting since the end of the Second World War, which one can argue was just the economic reset button after the Great Depression. The cycle is repeating. Me first is the catalyst for the slippery slope to the ends justify the means because if it ultimately serves the explicit priority, then it is condoned. It is easily conflated with the ideology of capitalism, which is technically an ideology of greed. One of the not necessarily intentional byproducts of me first is the propensity to allow short-term decisions to take precedent over long-term strategy in other words, temptation to achieve short-term gains undermines the objectives of long-term planning. Again, the ends justify the means. He's very dramatic when he writes. I think I, I, I think it's awesome. It's, it is also a fundamental difference between the U.S. Constitution and the Canadian Charter of Rights. I read an interesting article that did a good job at parsing the wording. On a fundamental level, the American model is based on the individual whereas in Canada, we protect the rights of the people in general. It is the quintessential difference in why the U.S. adopts a mentality of every man for himself, which is not the same in Canada. However, in Canada, we do absorb American culture by osmosis. Most of our companies are subsidiaries or branch offices of American parent corporations. We are driven by American capitalism, whether we like it or not. But our government regulations still stand to differentiate us, such as the banking regulations that were in place when 2008 hit, and why the deregulation, every man for himself culture in the U.S. was hit much harder than the average Canadian. Me first is not a new phenomenon or trend any more than PTSD is new because we just gave it that name. It's quite the... Uh, I wrote back to him. I said, you raised, I, what did I say? I said, uh, hey, that's great. Sounds like you got a lot on your mind, Paul. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to say, let's unpack that a bit. Well, that's a whole <laughs> podcast in itself. Um, <laughs> psychological disorders, me first, regulatory law. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he's right. Uh, we built the railroad with American money because we wanted to sell pulp and paper to the Americans. Um, yes, I agree. It's me first. And we pick on baby boomers a lot because of how they tend to pick social programs that way. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. And I thank you for your comment. Maybe we can... We can uh, take some inspiration for our next podcast. 
Sure. Do you want to do you want to push that off to the right, and we'll do that. uh, We'll kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive on that one in the next one. I mean, it is our only comment, so. Yeah, I mean, it 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 is good, and 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 I like how he 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 captures some of the passion of of what's going on around him, because sometimes we 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 in order to understand ourselves, we draw linkages. Um. that may or may not be there. Like um, one time I went camping and I I saw a bunch of yellow substance everywhere and I thought it was sulfur because the only substance I know that was readily available in the environment that could be some sulfur and it turned out was pollen. But to my understanding, the only way that could be there is if it's sulfur. So we look for reasons why that it is that way. So it becomes the correlation doesn't prove causation. Right, Um, right. Banking collapse, um, me first. Yeah, you, but you you can say that anything. It, it, um, but we need to guide it all. There, you can say we we can complain about all the systems that are there, and we can attribute them to me first. Um, and in a sense that that's kind of kind of true. Um, but you could say the charter's rights and freedom protects the individual first and all individuals first. Is that a me or is that all? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some there's some things here you can re- expand on that aren't necessarily there. Then you go back and you say, well, capitalism is about greed. Um, no, capitalism is about uh, in a set of principles that guide the way we do business so the central agencies do not have to. And people, yeah, I find it's just, it's people who are about the greed. It's not necessarily the the system that's in place. It's just people who abuse it. It's like anything. It's like a religion or um, or a business. It's, if you just get the wrong asshole in the, in the, you know, in the, in the bandwidth or whatever you want to call it, they, uh, they can influence and then they can just start making their own rules and then, it just kind of ruins it for everyone else, and that's 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 a me first. It's a it's a human condition, and not necessarily one of a society's condition. Yeah, and I think I think we need to separate the two because we say, um, yeah, I pick on boomers a lot because my parents are boomers. Um, but it's, so are mine. It's uh, it, again, it's 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 the balance, and in some ways, uh, people who don't like me first or me first in other ways. And I think we're not all perfect. And I think it's a good segue into close closing is it's just being mindful, understanding that, listen, you take, you take your recycle out and you bring it to the curb, being mindful of understanding where that is going to go. It doesn't matter. And, you know, Canada got in trouble as a nation, got in trouble for an individual's company that dumped recycled plastics onto other markets in several different countries Hmm. being mindful is understanding the full supply chain of how you get stuff and understanding where it comes from being mindful is understanding your impact on others and however you want choose to to morally adopt these things i guess would be the word is it a kind of religion that you're going to use to uh, adopt these methodologies or is it just being a conscientious observer of certain things? And I will not do X. I will not leave the toilet seat up. 
I will. <laughs> I will wipe. I'll take my shoes off at the door, uh, so my wife doesn't have to clean the house when I'm traveling all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'll break it. I'll even just to help you close out. Like I'll even break it down even simpler for you. Maybe we can use this as a starting point for the next time. Like um, to almost, I agree and I disagree with Paul. Um, in in the way that, um, yes, I I think it is about the individual, but I think we talk a little bit too much about rights and not enough about responsibilities. Touché. And I think that's where Touché. you're getting at it. Sorry. Touche. Yeah. And I think that's where you're getting at with when it comes to mindfulness, because there are rights. You do have rights and there are inalienable, inalienable rights, but you have a responsibility to uh, engage those rights, to uh, to use those rights in a responsible way. Right. There's there's a and I think a lot of people have forgotten that. Um, and I think that's where me first has come about i think it's a lot of it is, is a it's a result of people just forgetting that you got you have re- responsibilities and you have duties that you need to carry out in order to protect the individual in order to protect your rights as an individual anyway i'll i'll i think i i'll leave it at that um i figure that's probably it i know i cut you off and everything but i figure out that's a good way to close it out there no, and uh, there's nothing else. Uh, I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Rox here. I just wanted to take another moment of your time and shamelessly ask that you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks. We're currently on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, we're on Google Play. We're also on YouTube, but not really because this is audio and that's video and I'm either too lazy or too busy to make up the difference. Take your pick. But we are on Spotify and we're continuously looking for more ways to expand. Continuously. I need to work on that word apparently. Uh, as well, you can help us out even more if you write us a review on Facebook, tell all your friends, and even get involved in the conversation. Special thanks to Paul for writing, a, writing in to us as well. Your comment is appreciated, and we hope you stick around. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.